Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. Welcome to the Lone Stakers Podcast. Hi, I'm Albert Davis, and I'm a solo staker on the Ethereum blockchain. And I'm Tommy Harold, and I'm a solo staker. Both Tommy and I are crypto enthusiasts, navigating the world of Ethereum solo staking. We're not experts, but we're on a journey to learn more. So join us as we explore, learn, and stake our claim in the Ethereum network. Okay, so great to see you again, Albert. Um, it's always a pleasure um, talking with you about um, everything crypto and everything staking. Um, one of the things that we wanted to dig deeply into in this conversation was um, the different setups that you can have, the different ways that you can uh, become an, a, a staker, the different ways that you can participate in in staking on the Ethereum uh, blockchain and in the Ethereum universe, and um, and and talk about what our setups are because I I think it's quite interesting that that you and I actually met as a result of um the similarities of of the the staking setup that 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 we have um and and so that let's kind of dig into the different options that you have that are available um to anybody that wants to become a staker oh sure um thank, thanks tommy great to see you as always um yeah well you know our show uh, we call ourselves loan stakers and that's l-o-n-e and um because we are solo stakers and and one of the things um that we wanted to uh help people understand is the uh some of the distinctions of the different types of staking that people can do on on ethereum um so yeah so thanks i think this will be an interesting uh discussion um when i was on my way over to the studio I was actually thinking a, a, a little slightly deeper question. And I don't know if you want me to delve into this, but like, it's sort of like, why do we uh, stake in the first place? And really what, wh- you know, why do we have to ha- go through this whole exercise of, of the blockchain? You know, what, what, what is the whole purpose? You know, why, why are we even doing this in the first place? Um, so maybe, maybe we can touch on that as, as we, we kind of go through this. Yeah, no, sure, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think it's a, a, a crucial uh, part of the decision making that if you're if you're interested in in staking Ethereum, if you've got to the point where you know you you're invested in crypto, you know about crypto, you you want to start staking, um, you've got you've got to start um, from from where. You've got to start from um, what what brought you there and what your your motivations are for doing it. And and like personally, um, having understood and and the the crypto universe and and been introduced to the idea of staking, it felt to me like it was it was almost a, a fear of missing out opportunity. Um, in that. I had it had been described to me what proof of stake was, what staking was, um, uh, at the outset of of the the mainnet back in December 2020, and it felt like 
I was being given an opportunity to to get in at the at the beginning of something. And so having the knowledge and then being provided the access um through uh essentially through a friendship with with somebody who was who was setting up a company that were that was gonna create the access to solo staking that that was the doorway and the opportunity that that I needed um to 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 come online and it didn't take a whole lot of decision making um to to decide to do it um i i have to say personally that the the requirement to lock up um your 32 ethereum in a in a node was actually um, it was an enticement for me. It was something that, like, it was almost preferable that I was going to put my 32 ETH into a node, and then it was just like set and forget. You can, you can't quite walk away from it, but you don't have that day-to-day decision making of is it the right time to buy, is it the right time to sell, and so and so. You know, that's where I came from. It's great to to be a member of the community. I'm like, I'm not a tech guy, and so I can't be writing on the discord channel about bugs that i'm finding on the on the ethereum blockchain or in the code so like a a way of becoming an active participant in the in the ethereum community through solo staking was um it was an opportunity that i didn't want to pass up and 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 through my friendship with um with jd who's the ceo of launch nodes which is the the um the service that I use, and it's the service that you use. Um, like I'm here now today, a, a proud owner of a, of a validator node that is. Um, it's um, yeah. I'm looking at the date. It's past its two year birthday. So, um, I mean, how how about you, Albert? Like, maybe you can tell us what what you brought up, what brought you to to this place and to the table and to this podcast, ultimately. Sure. Well, Tommy, it's, what you've just said uh, triggered some some thoughts for me about when I started, when I became interested in staking. I, it, you know, again, it was in March of uh, 2021, I think, or 2022. Well, anyway, it's it's, it's around two years ago. Um, the uh, We'll have to get those dates straight. We should have our, our, our validator birthdays. We should know what those are. I actually know what um, my validator birthday is. It's an easy <laughs> date to remember. It's Valentine's Day 2021. That's when I fell in love with the blockchain. <laughs> okay. So it, I, I must be March, maybe March something 2021. So you, you hopped on okay. in a, a bit sooner than I. But when I, when I got interested in this, I didn't know of any other way to stake other than to go through the technical process of setting up a node. And I'm not even sure two years ago, if there was as many alternatives as there are now for different types of staking. So, and I, you know, I told this before, but it was, I tried to do it myself and it was just too complicated. And I I didn't feel confident enough to do it myself. And then I went and I, I searched online and that's how I met up with the launch notes team um, because basically they were like a tech support that would get you through the process. Um, so, yeah, so I, I didn't know any other way. And unfortunately, fortunately for me at that time, I had the 32 ETH. 
I saw it as a big gamble. I didn't see it like you. I, I because I if, keep in mind, I didn't have that personal relationship with someone that's running the company. I was just a person that wanted to do this, and I took for me a, probably my biggest risk was like, can I trust these guys on the other end of the phone? Because I don't, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. them. Um, I just took that risk, and I'm glad I did, and it has worked out beautifully. Um, so yeah, that, that, so that was that, my first at that step. time. At that time, when you were doing that research, how many different options would you say you, that there were for you to choose from? I don't think there were many. I don't. I don't. I remember watching the video on Launch Node's website probably about fifteen times. I was like, well, "How does this work? What are they doing? What are they saying?" You know, because I I didn't find other ways of 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 staking. That, because I don't now know. there's hmm? now there's a plethora, right? Now there are there are so many different ways of doing it. There are so many different companies that you can do it with, and they they have their advantages and their drawbacks. Um, and maybe we can go into those a little bit and kind of I I think the way that we do it is uh, the best way of doing it. It's you have to be the right you have to be in the right situation to to be able to do it the way that we do it um but yeah we can maybe go through some of the different options what the differences are and um and kind of describe why i i can certainly describe why it is that i like the way that that we do it the way that we've got it set up um so so kind of can you can you help sure. describe what some of those differences are yeah i though i thought about this in three big buckets the first bucket being solo staking which is what we do which means we are actually running a node on the ethereum blockchain we had to uh stake 32 eth we have our own wallet which represents the validator account and we are responsible also for keeping that validator going and whether it's good or bad if we go offline and we're 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 down for a week which did happen to me once then we we kind of lose out um it's us and we are we are running the validators ourselves and i even think sometimes i call myself a validator you know it's like yeah we're proud validators for running these notes so that's solo state and that's what we consider solo staking to be the the second um it's kind of the middle ground is what i what i think would maybe could be called DeFi staking. And there's a couple companies out there or protocols out there that you um, can interact with, with different amounts of Ethereum. So that's, that's one of the use cases for these other forms of staking, because you don't have to have 32 ETH. That's a high bar financially for a lot of people. So if you have a, a one ETH or even a fraction of an ETH, you can uh, connect a wallet and go through a smart contract, basically, that will stake your ETH and give you a token in return. And that token increases in value roughly commensurate with the rewards of of, of staking. And we, we can talk in more detail about that second bucket. And then the third bucket is basically staking on an exchange. 
So if you have an account on an exchange and you can buy and sell crypto on that account, um, some, not all, um, will offer the staking of Ethereum as an option. And it's actually a, a very simple process. And again, you you do not have to have 32 ETH. You can have one ETH or a half an ETH or a quarter of an ETH and you can stake it and you will get a, a return. So those are the three ways that I see this, the staking world kind of shaking out at this point. Yeah. And so like you mentioned the solo staking and then the DeFi staking and, and like in my brain, I think of the DeFi staking as pool staking um, and you've got the exchange staking. Um, and so like to, to, to be, to be honest, after I set up my solo staking node, I, you know, like I had a couple ETH that were just kind of like spare chains rattling around in my back pocket. And like, what am I going to do with these? And I, um, I put them on, um, I staked them using Kraken. And so I think personally that that's a perfect example of both the, um, the advantages of that, but also the disadvantages of that. Because as you mentioned, right? You d I didn't have to have 32 at that point. I had just like something, point something left over. And like, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to very quickly, like within a, within a matter of minutes, use just like my username and password on Kraken, I can get in there and I can start staking it. Now that was back in, well, I don't know, March or April, um, a couple months after I'd set up my um, solo staking node. And like maybe some of the people that are listening to this know, and maybe some of the people that are listening to this don't know, but the uh, Kraken had a, um, they had a negotiation with the Securities and Exchange Commission in, in the US and, and their staking service in the US was um, abruptly halted. And, and, and so I was, I, I, I was the, not beneficiary, but I, I my um, ETH that was staked through their service was um, was stuck there, and I couldn't do anything with it until after the Shanghai upgrade. So, you know, you 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 hand your ETH over to the exchange, and it like it's no longer yours. I mean, they tell you it's yours because they show you a, a a balance on on your screen when you log into their website, but you've handed that ETH over to somebody else and they're staking it on your behalf. So, you know, we, we all hear the stories of the exchanges, like every, every so often one of them comes down and if you're the unlucky person that had your ETH staked on that one, well then, yeah, that, 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 there it goes. Um, so that you, you've got the benefit, you've got a, You've got a username and password, and if you forget your password, you probably can like hit a forget your password button and and get back in again. Um, but you, you're handing the ETH over, and somebody else is staking it for you. Uh, yeah, that's that's um, a really good point, and it's interesting that you got um, unwittingly your exchange had uh, had a compliance kind of an issue, and and or um, a regulatory issue and it kind of affected your, your, your staking experience. And, and also, yeah, I wonder about people. I I don't even know this. It'd be interesting to research it, but for example, the exchange that collapsed months ago, FTX, if there were people uh -huh. that were 
aching on FTX because they may, I don't know if I never used FTX. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't either. If, and and yeah. so I, I don't know the answer to that question, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a possibility. And so that's one of the um, quote unquote risks of staking through an exchange is that you are subject mm-hmm. to the exchange. I mean, I, I think the, you know, the, the way to go, you know, if with is to not be on an exchange. I, I don't keep much of any kind of crypto on an exchange, but you need the exchanges because if you want to turn cash into crypto, you need an exchange. And if you want to exit and, you know, let's say there's an expense that comes up, I mean, eventually, you know, eventually we should be able to use crypto to, to transact. But right now the world is not quite there. It's really not there. Let's be honest. So if I want to buy a, uh, a new motorcycle or something uh, I'd have to use an exchange to get whatever crypto I have back into cash. So the exchanges are, are necessary, but they're really for, for me, it's like for going in and out of between cash and crypto. Um, uh-huh. at this point, that's why I, I, that's what I do with the exchange. And I, I feel a little bit better for the exchange because it's like I buy the crypto and then I move it off the exchange, but maybe they probably just make their money on the, the, the transaction. So maybe, maybe they, yeah, don't, I, maybe I, I wouldn't feel bad about that. I wouldn't <laughs> feel bad about that, Albert. They're, ta- they're taking their cut. Don't you worry about that. They're getting their, they're getting, getting their cut. Um, the, the pool staking is if we, do you want to move and talk a little bit about pool staking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah. Let's, let's, let's move on to the yeah, pool. Staking. That's a nice concept. Again, I think it all gets to this. A lot of people at current market prices don't have the 32 ETH. It's it's really mm. getting up there. And they want to stake and they, they want to support Ethereum blockchain. And so they um, so people came up with this concept of a pool. And a pool is basically multiple people get together. And, and when their ETH adds up to... Th- 32 then the the pool itself or the pool operator will set up a node and and Mm -hmm. um that's kind of how it works and and so that's that's pools pool staking i mean and but but they're done the reason i call them DeFi also is because it's not done through a traditional exchange You, you it feels much more like interacting with a smart contract you need the wallet that has its own seed phrase and you connect your wallet to those exchanges. I guess we can mention um, Lido is one that's very popular. Um, it's a little bit advanced, you know, quite frankly, for someone that is new to the space, I wouldn't recommend doing that immediately, but um, it is it is something that it's an option. And um, yeah, it's a good and okay. So with, I guess with a DeFi staking or in, in something like Lido, you're you're not quite as subject to the exchange type of risk that you mentioned, where you know regulatory issues or or um, you know just the finance finances of the exchange can impact what, whatever you staked over there. Yeah, and I think part of that is the 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 kind of the custodial non-custodial um 
dichotomy between between the two different ways of of doing the staking, right? And when we talk about custodial, we're talking about who who owns who control, not who owns, who has control of the ETH and the nodes when they're when they're staked on a node on the beacon chain. Um and, and so kind of custodial staking means you're handing custody of your ETH to somebody else. And non-custodial means you still have it, right? You still have control of your of your own ETH. And and these pools, um, I again, like this reaches the end of my tech knowledge. Um, but but it, it, it's a way it's a way of doing it non-custodial, and so you're you still have kind of the the withdrawal passwords to your ETH that are staked on the on on the node, um, and and so it's um, much less uh, vulnerable to uh, a third party going down, messing up, whatever it might be. Um, but but uh, interestingly, um, I was looking into um, like Rocket Pool and Lido and some of these other ones, and and like from my perspective, and again, this is like me as the 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 layperson that's not like massively geeky over the over the um, crypto universe and staking. But like I saw the. Um, uh, what what the, the 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 tokens that you get in return for the the ETH that you've put on your node? I can't remember what the name for those are. Well, uh, the 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 tokens, the derivative tokens, and it struck me that the purpose of those tokens was to create liquidity for that period of time when staking meant locking up your ethereum with no known date in the future for being able to unstake it which is what the situation was don't forget like when when you and i were were setting up our node it was maybe 12 months away maybe 18 months away maybe two years away that you were ever going to get access to your ethereum again like maybe never you were going to get access to it it was a complete unknown and and the way that i see those like the the lidos and the rocket pools is those those coins that you get back that you can then do your kind of defi financing with um they they were providing liquidity when when all of the ETH was locked up, uh, and now there's more liquidity on the market. I still understand that you can use those those tokens for for other DeFi purposes, um, but but it's it's not that they're not performing the same the same place in the market that that they were before the Shanghai upgrade, as far as I can tell. And like I I could, I could be completely wrong on that. Um, I think you have used some of these like DeFi services, right? Um, is is one of them Curve and and one of them something I, I can't remember the names of them. Like can, can you <laughs> because that's one of the great benefits, right? Of of using Lido or using Rocket Pool is that it gives you the 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 pathway and the opportunity to go into that DeFi world of 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 the staking. Okay. Well that's that's a, a bit of a bit of a dive. By the way, the the Again, you know, and we're, we're neither of us are experts, but I have dabbled into these things. The the token that you get with Lido is called ST ETH, and the ST presumably stands for staked ETH. 
So you give, you send your ETH to Lido, and in exchange, they give you something called STETH, which is a token, and it's, uh, you know, it's pegged to ETH, and then it increases, and I'm not sure if it increases in value or if they give you extra tokens, but the point is, is that they increase in value roughly in line with the return at kind of an average validator would 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 receive. Um, now, so you can then, and this is where the DeFi gets really, uh, you know, intriguing, I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. Because yes, mm-hmm. you can take your, well, first of all, you could do it with ETH. You you could you can go to Curve Finance, and the other one is 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 Yearn, Y E A R N. Um, I dabbled with both of those like about a year and a half ago. Um, I I think Curve was maybe a little better. They're they're a little again. There you got to go kind of tiptoeing into these things because it is a slightly different world. You first of all you have to have um the the wallet like um and again you know there's these layers and layers and we don't want to get too confusing but you need a wallet that you know typically people start with metamask and you have to set that up and get kind of comfortable using metamask but when you go to these websites either you go to say curve with your metamask wallet and you connect your wallet through their website and then they they have these different places that you can again provide liquidity for people yeah because you're providing liquidity to a market um and so you can get extra interest yield on your ste token if you want to um so so let me stop you there because actually that makes me realize that what i was saying earlier is is like not exactly correct in the sense of like I, I not being able to see the 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 utility of the of the staked ETH coin because what it allows you to do is have your ETH in two places at the same time. You have it on the blockchain in the node earning that way, but then you get your staked ETH coin in return and you're using that same like mirror image coin and you're using it somewhere else. So, so you're so you're earning in two places from from your one Ethereum coin. Yes, but there's a big caveat there, and that is you get charged significant transaction fees for okay. both entering and exiting those those um, curve finance or urine finance, um, and so. The for that to really be profitable, you have to kind of be in for the long term, because if mm. you you can't if you go in today and come out a week or a month later, well, you didn't give your funds enough chance to accrue any interest, and the fees can be expensive. So this is this is something that you have to keep in mind that there there are transaction fees now as validators we have to be like you know see we're on the we're kind of on the good side of that equation because as validators those fees are basically fees that get out and and pay validators to 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 keep mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the chain going but and, if you're and, just and, and in yeah. addition 
In yeah. addition to those fees that you're paying that kind of change the equation, the the pool services, the 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 Lidos, the Rocket Pools, the other ones, they're all taking some of the rewards themselves, right? You're sharing the rewards between me, the person who's coming up with the ETH, and and the and the pool service provider. Yeah, they call that a, a node operator fee, and it, it's. It's, you know, yeah, they're taking out a fee. The other thing is, um, we, you know, there's, there's this execution income and consensus income that are the two primary ways that a node uh, gets rewarded. And the consensus income is a very steady kind of drip, drip, drip thing. And it, it's running around probably just shy of 4%, maybe three and a half percent right now, which is not, which is nice, but it's not super exciting, but the um, execution income can sometimes be surprisingly good. And it really makes a big difference. We sometimes think of it as like winning the lottery. If you get a very large um, execution income and those come very infrequently to to the validator, like every six to eight weeks, your node will be chosen. It's a random selection process by all these code that runs and you get randomly selected, but then you can have a nice execution income there. And if you're in a pool that I, I, I haven't quite found the article that describes how the execution income gets distributed to the people in the pool. Um, but I have a funny so, yeah. feeling it's they don't get quite they certainly don't get all of it, that's for sure. Right. And and so actually I think what you've done there quite smoothly is that you've segued from um from the full staking into the solo staking, right? Which is what you and I do, whereby yeah. we 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 are the people that run our nodes, and so the like we've referenced launch nodes um, up in, uh, in this episode, and and what they provide to us is kind of like the architecture and the and the and the and the software and the, the all of that tech stuff that I personally can't do, but then they provide that, and with that I can run my own node, and so. Um, what that means is, as you're saying, is we're not going through any other kind of service. We're not going to, we, we don't like have log on credentials with, with a service or anything like that. We just have our, our validator node connected directly to the beacon chain and, um, and we've got to monitor it and you get the good with that and you get the bad with that. And like, in my opinion, the good outweighs the bad. Um, um, but let's like let's dig a little bit into into what the pluses and the minuses are there, um, and and like the obvious pluses is as you describe, you get every single piece of your reward, right? You get the consensus um, reward and you get the execution layer reward, and so like the con- the consensus reward, as you're saying, it's that drip 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 every I don't know whatever it is every four minutes you're getting just a, a little piece a little piece a little piece and it accumulates on the note right it builds up if if you go check if you go check your your node address on the on the public ledger you can see it is constantly accruing that additional 
Um, and so what I like to think is you you re you reference the lottery, right? The the execution layer, that that big reward that you can get every so often when your validator node is chosen to to propose that block. You you can get like a a big one. You can win like I think somebody got ten ETH one point for 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 mm -hmm. their execution layer income. Um, and so the way I like to think of it, you mentioned it as a lottery, but instead of paying to enter the lottery. The consensus income that it's paying us to enter the lottery, and so we're we're not suckers that are like throwing our money in a black hole, like entering the lottery with this um, and putting it like flushing our money down the toilet. We're we're being paid to enter the lottery. We're like as you said, we're on the right side of this, um, and we get all of the rewards for. The consensus layer income and all of the rewards on the execution layer income, um, which the the other services you're definitely not getting it. You're sharing it with the with the people that the provider that uh, that uh, that you're using. Yeah. Well, that they gave me two ideas. I'll probably forget one of them before I finish talking about it. But it would be kind of interesting. Like people. You know, people buy lottery tickets all over the world because, you know, who doesn't want to take a chance and, you know, get a big reward. But if somebody could create almost like that same $10 a week that somebody might buy a lottery ticket, they have like an auto deposit into a, a, a staking pool and it just sort of automatically and maybe it gives them something back that would feel, you know, feel good to them. But it'll be a much better you know, at the end of the year, they'd have uh, something significant. And after five years, they, they really have something and still with this chance of getting sort of like like the winning, the feeling of winning. I mean, it doesn't even have to be like $10 million. But, you know, just the idea that, oh, my val our validator got selected and we got this extra reward is is kind of nice. The other thing that I do want to I want to research it how the pools work like if let's say a lido pool that that you know you're participating in and i i do believe when you join lido you choose there's like another choice like you choose which pool operator to to actually go in with so let's just say one of those pool operators got a 10 ETH reward which mm. would be highly highly mm -hmm. unusual and by the way mm -hmm. not financial advice not life advice no kind of advice here we're just two guys you know, talking away here, but I really would like to know the specifics of how those rewards get divvied up by the participants of the participants of the pool. Right now, I don't know. That's something I, I want to um, research and then, you know, be able to talk about a little bit more. Um, because, yeah, in fairness, they maybe they are, and 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 I don't want to mis misstate misstate that to anybody. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I also don't have that information. Um, um, but we can, that's something that we can come back to in a, uh, in a future episode. Um, yeah. so one other but, thing, but like, to, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, we're going to kill each other with, with politeness here. I, I just wanted to make the point <laughs> that we, we, as node operators, we incur some expense, we um, have to run our computers. We have to pay for electricity. We have a software license that we have to pay to, to run our nodes. 
Um, and my, and I, I guess in both of our cases, and I hope you don't mind saying, our, 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 um, those are running on Amazon Web ser- Services. That is a very, very modest expense, but and, and it's a great way to go, by the way, um, with one caveat there. But we, we, there, you know, so we, we bear those expenses um, as part of, you know, offset the the income. But the the expenses is is pretty reasonable as as far as I'm concerned. Um, Amazon itself, I've I have heard or read the you know argument that there is a slight decentralization risk because if everyone in the world is running their validator nodes on Amazon and something happens mm. to Amazon, then mm. yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thought. And, and, and I don't know, again, statistically, that would be another interesting to, thing to find out, like how many nodes, where are these nodes running? How many are, you know, where are the nodes running? I mean, I think Amazon probably has so much redundancy in its systems that it may be um, minuscule risk, but, you know, the, these are, it's always good to keep, you know, th- the, the mind open to how, how, how some of these things could, could play into, you know, I mean, Amazon is a great, wonderful, successful company. Maybe, maybe uh, something could happen and, it ch- you know, change those equations and, and who knows, but then you would have time to also migrate to another service. I mean, it would not, nothing like that would happen you know, immediately. So, no, and, and that's something that keeps me up at night. You you mentioned that we were going to um, tell each other with politeness, and I, I think <laughs> we might just do that. Um, but we, we were actually going in the same place, right? You were starting to talk about the costs and the and the and the burdens that that we carry, right, as solo stakers, because we don't have one of the things we don't have is that warm toasty furry security blanket of knowing that you know you're you're just a username and a password away from from getting your eth back again because there is a bit more you know because you're connected more directly to the um the beacon chain there's a bit more of a tech lift and so you like you were talking about the 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 financial part of it and the licensing and the and the being part of the, the subscribing to AWS but like where I want to go is the um, is the the time and the monitoring and the the tech burden and and also the worrying right because we I didn't realize this when when I first signed the contract and and my be- and my beacon chain went live I did not realize that it was going to be on me to make sure that my node was running happily, safely, constantly. And it has proved in the last couple of years that it hasn't always. There has been, you know, 24, 48 hour periods during which the node has either turned off and isn't accruing um, any income or is actually euphemistically accruing negative income. And I I I didn't realize that that was going to be on me to be like the the constant monitor and so my set and forget theory where I was going to just walk away from it and and not think about it anymore 
that's actually not been how I manage my node, right? I go into either Beacontain or Etherscan every couple of days to make sure that that I'm still in the I'm still active, I'm still in the green and I'm not in the red. Um and sometimes you have that moment of oh <laughs> it's not accruing income, it's losing money. Ah help me. Um because I don't have that technical knowledge. Um, to do that myself. And so I am reliant on launch nodes to provide that support and they have been good. Um, but like I, I've I've raised it before and I've said like, what happens if you guys like win the normal lottery or or win some other lottery and decide that you're not interested in running this business anymore? And And like the answer is that there's so many tech people out there in the world that you can like you can go to upwork you can go to one of these services and and somebody's going to get you up uh, up and running again or or keep you maintained but but like that for me like i i don't mind the the the, the small financial cost of keeping the node running like the 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 math it does itself right we we earn more than we spend keeping the node running and we've always got that lottery ticket and you're always hoping that the the baseline value of eth is just going to increase right so the math works for me for me it's the worry it's the maintenance it's the the tech that, that i don't have yeah it, it is definitely um i i don't know when i first set up my note if i was realize the same thing as you just mentioned that i'd actually have to kind of work at this work at this thing i mean i don't mind it because as a person that finds tech kind of you know fascinating like solving puzzles and and such that um i kind of wanted that's one reason i wanted to be a staker was to understand all this technology better and and for me i have to be working with with it to understand it. I mean, to read an article about it is so much different than being a staker and knowing, you know, like like that real reality of like, oh, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. Um, but on the other hand, I I I probably I didn't realize the um, you know that work part, which is most of the time the work is just the upgrade process. Um, mm-hmm. But there's been gosh knows probably over the two year period is probably been about 20 of those maybe or so where you've had to uh-huh. go into Amazon web services and navigate around and find the certain checkbox and drop the little drop down and put in a new version number, which is basically what uh-huh. we, we have to do. But yeah, that is a work uh, that is work. And in, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you get notified about that. I, they, I get an email that pops up, but you know, email, even with, with spam, some, you can, you know, you could miss an email too. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it is a not a hundred percent, certainly not a hundred percent said it and forget it. Um, mm-hmm. by the way, I'm working. I, I am. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say was you're talking about notifications and, and, and receiving those emails. Um, and it made me think about the, um, the 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 beacon chain app that the we've um that that's out there that you can that you can get and i think you use it and but i don't use it and i don't use it um 
because I like have a reason not to. I'm just like I'm lazy. I haven't set it up yet. Um, but that you know, like maybe you can tell us that that app actually will send notifications to your phone that alert you to what like different weird great bad things that are happening to your node is that right yeah i think it's supposed to i don't know if i uh, you know i set that up recently so i haven't had enough time to see exactly if it's mm. working or functioning but the, the idea would be if you're like one one signal that something might not be great with your node is what's called a missed attestation um so every once in a while uh i get an email i don't even know who's generating these emails to tell you to be quite honest with you but uh an email will pop up and it says your your validator missed an attestation um i think it's chat gpt that's sending you those emails no 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 that's that's, that's, (laughs) this is before chat gpt came out um that's a good one um but you know and but that's an indicator. But you know, I had a um, situation where I was getting those messages, and then it turned out that that was sort of normal to get those messages. Like every now and then, a validator just misses one of those attestations, and that's not necessarily means anything. And mm. and so I got very complacent about not paying attention to those messages. And then I was getting them with a little more frequency and I ignored them. And that's when I, I was, I turned out I was offline and I should have been doing something about it. And I, I lost a few, few days, you know, in the, in the process till I woke up to like, Oh, I better pay attention to this. Um, yeah. So we would like to get a note. If anything went wrong with your, with your node, you'd like to get notified uh, right away and i and that is what i'm hoping that the notifications from the apps um take care of that's a whole nother big area is like the tooling around these things i mean i again after going through this whole updating process which is like a 14-step procedure which is all it's literally doing is changing one value in one field in your amazon web services i thought like Tag, there must be an easier way. Like, can't we just pop up a dialog box and I put in the new number and I press OK and and that's it. And I think the tooling will come around to that to that point, um, but but it's not there yet. And w- which is you know why it's a little bit, um, you know that's just that's just where where kind of thing thing things are. I I actually worked. I'm looking into this. Um, because, but I, I don't think we'll talk about it now. But there, there are some ways to automate processes inside of Amazon, and I have used ChatGPT to help me with the coding on that. Um, mm. And I've gotten close, but I haven't gotten there. And now you have to realize I am executing some code from a command line that goes to Amazon Web Services and changes a value. And of course, it could wreck my validator if I'm not careful. I mean, that's probably over extreme, but um, I I figure, you know what? Well, well, now we realize if the validator goes down, we don't really get slashed. We we lose a day or two of income, and usually it's not that hard to get it going back again. Um, And if and we can always rely on on um, our tech support to help us get back back up and running um 
I did look into um, slashing versus not getting slashed. Like for for us to really get a big penalty, our whole software that runs our node would have to have malicious code in it. And our code is checked and double checked and triple checked. So we're not really in much of a risk for getting slashed. It's not like you and I are going to try to like cheat on the Ethereum network. We're just like praying we keep our node up and running. You know, we're not like... and. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing we can do with the code also as as like literally someone would have to write malicious code that's trying to do something against the the rules of the of the protocol in order to get those types of penalties so and and I think that's that's like yeah. a whole nother conversation in terms oh, yeah. of like the, the the risks and the the ecosystem and and I don't even know how that what the variation is in terms of the risk of slashing between the the different setups right i don't know if it's a a greater or lesser the same if you're on an exchange if you're going through the pool services or if you're a solo staker i i just don't know what those differences are but but albert one thing that i i i wanted to ask you um is like as I, we've had a great conversation today right and we've we kind of walked through the different options of of how you can be how you can stake your eth and how you can be a participant in in staking um with all of these different options that we've discussed and with the journey that you've been on and the knowledge and the experience that you've accrued over that period of time would like would you have changed anything would you still go back to March 2021? I think we decided it was. Would you still go back there and 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 become a solo staker, or would you or would you take a different route? Um, no, I would. I would do it exactly how I've I've done it. Um, I don't know if there's much I could do any differently than 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 what I've done. Um, yeah, I mean. No, I'm I'm happy. So you, wouldn't, with, you wouldn't go for an exchange. You wouldn't go to one of the pools. You would you would still be a solo staker. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, for for those reasons, like the returns are probably the same or better, um, and and the knowledge gained would be I wouldn't have gained the the inside knowledge to just understand what little bit I understand. I mean, if you're just staking on an exchange it's just like you click the button and chose a thing and, and you're, you're getting some return, but you're not, you're not going to really pay attention, understand. And yeah, I, I don't know how much time we have, but I will say this, the whole reason that there's a blockchain in the first place is, is an interesting discussion that I would, I, I think is, is really worth having. It's like, why do we have these? Why do we have these? You know, it is, and it's not just to create tokens for people to get get any interest on their tokens. It's there's a real reason why this technology came into existence, and and I'm still very excited to. You know, I'm like we are part of a new a system right. of passing value and money around. That and, and so um, as a staker. Yeah. You yeah. you are a proud participant in that yes. process, and and that 
I, I feel the same way. I feel that as a solo staker, my participation in that is more direct. And um and and I agree with you in terms of um the 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 knowledge that I the, the small amount of knowledge, right, that I have that I have built up in the last two years would not have happened if I had been staking through a, a pool or an exchange. Having that direct interaction, a little bit more hands-on, the 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 daily and the weekly monitoring and the and the necessity to have conversations with people like, oh, mm-hmm. like what does that what just happened? What does that mean? Um th- those interactions have taught me so much about Ethereum, the blockchain and and um and 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 solo staking um so so no i feel exactly the same way as you i would not have changed a thing i would i would i'm happy that i'm a solo staker um i'm happy that i'm here talking to you about it and 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 i wouldn't have made any changes to um to the way that i got here um i'm i'm a proud um proud member of the solo staking community so, Tommy, I, I, I look at staking as a, a journey, a, a rather adventurous journey. Um, we really don't know where it's going. It's all, it's totally new, uncharted territory. Um, uh-huh. You know, that's why we call ourselves the lone stakers. We're, we're kind of on a frontier. Um, we, we see a lot of promising things in the future, but we really don't know where it's going to go, where it's going to take us, where, where, where this is going. We really don't. And that's why it's a journey and an adventure. Yeah. I mean, Albert, you said that so eloquently. I've got no words to, to add to that. Um, so like, please join us for, um, the next episode where we're going to delve deeper into this world and, and, uh, we're going to explore new worlds and cross frontiers. So join us for that. Perfect. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate you sharing our crypto journey. Please send us a message via the stakers at gmail.com and make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and mash that bell button so you never miss an episode. The Lone Stakers Podcast. Everywhere you find podcasts. This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.